Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. Okay. So when Tom Brady announced that he retired, along with being reflective about his career, because he's the greatest winner that this league has ever seen, he's the greatest quarterback that this league has ever seen, and it's been a really interesting ride over the last 23 seasons, I I got real selfish. Real selfish. Real fast. I'm listening. Well, here's the thing. Since Tom Brady is retiring, and if we take him at his word, he's not going to be playing quarterback next year, it means that it shrinks the quarterback pool. It shrinks it. And when you think about some of the places where they were talking about Brady landing, one of those places is a team with a quarterback need that's pretty pressing right now. Las Vegas, who will be drafting seventh in the first round of the 2023 draft. And considering that their head coach is being questioned already on whether or not he can do the job, it would behoove him to find a quarterback that is going to do it and probably start prepping the next quarterback if you're going to go the veteran route. Mm -hmm. That says to me that you are creating need. And need is exactly what Ryan Poles wants. That means value. (laughs) That's where my mind went. We're bad people, right? For thinking that? No, it's just that's what happens. That's the market. That's the position. It's scarcity. And that's the leverage you need. And that's what we've been talking about the entire time that the Bears have had this pick in the draft, is trying to figure out what the value is. And there is an element of weight and now you're seeing that play out. I oh, thought the same the be- thing about cars. This is like, the beginning of the waiting period, though. This is just a further example of why you, you you go until you are on the clock that night, draft night, so because people are going to get crazy and stupid. I mean, clearly, we just told an entire story about a guy who kept his plan from everybody else, and we could have had Patrick Mahomes. Right, and we still haven't gotten to, and we're, we're in there now because obviously like the Senior Bowl is going on, but the next part of it where we start to get to the combine and guys get measured for real, and we'll find out that Bryce Young is 5'10 and three quarters and 175 pounds. Somebody will make a comment about somebody's hand size. That's right, Kenny Pickett. Then, then people will be like, wait, Will Levis is 6'2 and, and a half and 220 pounds? Sounds like a quarterback to me. Or they'll be wowed by what C.J. Stroud does at his pro day. And then you've got demand and you start looking at these quarterbacks and if if one of them really fails inside of this this window of time if people cuz some people do Ryan Pace look beyond game tape New York Jets and then just look at the workouts and what they think the player projects out to be versus what the player was when they were playing in college they might get stupid. 
and say, well, the only viable quarterback that is in this draft is C.J. Stroud because Bryce Young will get ragdolled and, and concussed and because Will Levis eats bananas without peeling them. That's, that's just... Ever seen the video? No. It's a whole thing. I know you've brought up enough things today. I, I, Sorry, you're right. Here. I've reached my limit. But that is <laughs> too many wiener schnitzel. He's <laughs> my limit on schnitzel, Ruben. Man, I wasn't even going there, but there it is. Three one fastball. Straight. I thought I thought it's gonna be. It's gonna be on Smokey Robinson with a banana with a peel. No, no. But what was that last song again? Oh, no, gonna, no, no, no. Well, 708 texting. We got weights and Bryce Young. But you're you're right. And Here I asked, we go. I asked Wani because I hosted football night in Chicago on Monday. And he and I were talking, of course, as we tend to do outside he's, of the show. He's so great. He's fantastic. Also talked to Rick Spielman and got the comment from him about get a game wrecking three technique. And I love the phrase game wrecking. That's the biggest compliment you can give somebody at that position. You're damn right. When it came to what actually the combine does, what the pro day does. And I said, sometimes I feel like these things almost get to a point of diminishing returns because to me, the games are what matter. Trey Lance to me, different story because of the level of competition. You can even say the same thing about some of the other conferences in college football outside of, say, the Big Ten and the SEC. But what really are you gaining in your position from this? And he goes, it's it's seeing players go to practice in a certain way, getting in front of them and talking to them, seeing who they are as a person, seeing how they fit with you and talking to them. And so that in-person interaction that you don't get from watching games. And he said it was a lot about like learning who they are, how they practice. That's where the senior bowl comes in. And that's when the variables start to come in, if you'll notice. Because we're all seeing the same stuff when it comes to game film that these guys have. Yeah, but it, I mean, I've got questions. Like when it comes to Levis, for example, and I know that injuries played a significant role, but if you're a quarterback that people are expecting to elevate you, your team was ranked ninth, and you finished as a seven-win team. I I look at that, and I go, huh, that's kind of interesting. Let's hope that that's put into the gumbo of you scouting the player. Now, granted, if this were, if this were Jay Cutler's Vanderbilt teams, where Jay Cutler was the SEC Offensive Player of the Year, and I think they were five and six or whatever it was, and you're going, that guy's clearly better. He's out there running option stuff back then. Right. And you go, that guy's clearly got skills and doesn't have the teammates to warrant the skills that he has. Meanwhile, Kentucky has been a program that's been growing over the last five years. And I sit there and go, oh, so at one point you guys were ranked ninth. Ninth. And then you stumbled the rest of the season. Speaking of Spielman. He was on with, with Mully and Haw. They did an unbelievable interview with him. It's so good because he and Mully go back like a long ways. So he came on and he was talking about process and process when it comes to quarterbacks and looking at the way that you're getting your draft together. We tried to tackle that with the type of psychological testing that we did because, you know, you, you always are maybe if you're, red flag or your awareness 
goes up when all of a sudden a guy is underachieving to his physical building and all of a sudden the last year of his contract or his senior year, then he just balls out for some reason. Now, some of it's because of development. You know, I remember Joe Burrow didn't play as well uh, the year before he came out. Then when he came out, you know, he ended up being a, as good of a quarterback as you can get coming out of the draft. Uh, but those are the things that you try to delve into with your resource, with your sources that you talk to, uh, with actually how you interview the player. Uh, I actually had special operations forces come in that do that for a living that I want to say in, interrogating, but trying to get the rehearsed answers that you're going to get from these players to really dive down deep and figure out what makes these players tick or why do they love football and, and try to come up with those answers. Cause every guy that I missed on, uh, wasn't because of its physical talent. It was because when we looked at it, we put a U uh, right next to their uh, number grade. So we knew that he was an underachiever for where he should be playing. And that was a red flag for us. So that's when we'd start diving into those guys and the psychological testing and the interviews and things like that to determine whether this guy really, really wanted to, to love football or he doesn't love football. So, Dan, you mean to tell me that an organization has the type of capital where they could go get some special op guys to clearly waterboard college players and uh, have them do these intense interviews with folks, yet – there are other sports organizations Go that, right side. that perhaps maybe need to hire some people to do, I don't know, background checks. Or don't care to. And just aren't interested in it. Yeah. But I love that. I love that that's, that's one of the very many approaches that can be taken in trying to figure out who plays quarterback. I, I also am like, hey, I want the hype machine – on all of these quarterbacks to go yes, high. Ev- everyone high. fall in love. Fall in love. <laughs> I, right? I've, Indianapolis. Yes. Indianapolis. Draft 2023. Find your man. Fall, fall everyone, everyone fall in love. I want to be like Captain Stubing. And we're going to welcome everyone love. to the, the the quarterback love boat. Exciting and you And, and, you, and, and you can come on and, and there's, there's the aboard. yeoman purser. Played by Fred We're Grandy, and there's Lauren Tweez as Herder, what's her name, and Ted Lang is the friendly bartender Isaac. Hey, I've I told got, you no more I've of this got, today, got Lauren. Our, it's the Love Boat theme the song. Token you're, you're Jew is off. the doctor because he has to be. Here's here's Bernie Capel, and he's taking care of you when you're sick. And didn't and one then, of those guys turn into a senator? Fred Grandy. Oh, that's right. Congressperson. Congressperson. Yeah. Gopher. Right. And then Y'all's we'll, boat is hitting an iceberg in like 30 seconds. I have a question. What, what, was, what was Lauren Lauren Tweez when she did her face down in a mirror? What was she was what uh the cruise director, right? That's what she was. Julie? Julie. Is that a Julie the cruise director. Paraphernalia and, and, reference? Oh, yeah. You you that's where you went on the love boat for the big bag of cocaine. No, you went to Fantasy Island for that. <laughs> no, that's different. That's different. That that that's. But I'm Excuse me, you. Mr. Rourke. My fantasy is to dump my face <laughs> in a pile of cocaine. Well, you're on it the is- wrong show. You missed it by an hour. <laughs> so this that that's what we need. 
the football, the, the NFL draft love boat, and the Bears can just sit there. Ryan Poles is the guy with the captain's hat on. And then you can walk around, and you can go to the promenade deck. Here's and you can Anthony have Richardson. All sorts of, of, you can go to the buffet. And, Here's and, Will Levis. And the pool, and everybody find yourself. Don't a, overthink it. It's right. Bryce Young, right. no matter how small look, he is. Look at the production. Can we also point out Derek Carr and all of this, or no? That ruins the fantasy. No, Derek Carr messes things up. Get him out of here. But we what, don't, we he's, don't need, not, he's not done with being a starter in this league. I agree, but we don't need him. Like We need them to get fall in love with draft picks. I need That's you, what we need. I need you guys to think like an unqualified consultant, though, for a second that might potentially be heading the Colts for a second season. I don't think the Colts can do... I don't think that they can do veteran quarterback again. I think they have run that would become out of spins. Parody at that point. Mm-hmm. Mm. You keep doing it, and that that wait more Carson Wentz, and I think that Derek Carr is probably on a level of being as good as Philip Rivers was in that last year. But you can't do that again. You've done you've done it since Andrew Luck retired. You keep doing it. Did and you, you've gotten worse every year. Did you see somebody posted the uh, the graphic after the NFC Championship that both Carson Wentz's backups have led the Eagles to a Super Bowl? How, how about that? <laughs> and, and and that's where the level of competition comes in, North Dakota State. And if you want to if you want to talk about another storyline for for next Sunday, the Eagles have been to the Super Bowl twice after Andy Reid left. I mean, that's part of it. Like, there's a, there's interesting stuff. There's the Andy Reid angle. There's the black quarterback angle, and there's the brothers angle. And then there's I that mean whole... the bro- the actual brothers, not the brothers, the, the brothers. And, and where are they both from? That's right. That's right. There you go. State of football. You know how it is. So you know, just fall in love. Fall in love with Anthony Richardson's traits. <laughs> fall in love with with Will Levis's big arm. Fall in love with Bryce Young's big old brain. Overinflate everybody's 40 times again. That was a fun few minutes when we thought the clock was correct. And and take those pro days hook, line, and sinker. And don't don't look askance. Don't don't have that typical pro day grain of salt. An NFL-level quarterback just threw it 50 yards with no pass rush and no defenders. Inside. How, how yeah. in the world did he do that? I With rem- no wind or anything. Remember the Sam Bradford one? <gasps> have ever, may everyone have Sam Bradford's pro day on the, the NFL draft Ryan Poles love boat. Was it Kyle Bowler who was like, I'm going to throw from my knees and hit this goalpost? And he was a disciple of the great Jeff Tedford. Remember the, the quarterback? That's right. Remember? Yeah, Kyle Bowler was wowing is, everybody. Well, can he play? Is Jeff no, Tedford the head coach at Fresno? Now, I don't. I hope I don't know that because that means I spend too many Friday nights watching bad football. Yeah, Dude, fr- the Friday night college football game always gets weird, and I love it. Well, Fresno came up last night because in the middle of the Bulls game, when uh, Paul George did something, and then Jason says, "Like, you know, who are the three most?" Accomplished current athletes from Fresno State. Paul George. <laughs> Three point field goal, Paul George. <laughs> oh my God, Jeff Tedford is the head coach really? nice. of Fresno State. Paul, wow, good Paul recall. George, Derek Carr, and Devontae Adams, right? Yeah, because they played together, which is why Devontae wanted to go down there. Now I'm 
assuming Devontae's like, the money's great, but this seems awful. It was a mess. Mm-hmm. Come back to the north, Devontae. Well, well, you know, the grass isn't always greener, Layla, on the other side of the fence. It is greener where you water it. Or what was the Jesse He's Rogers He's not wrong version? about that. He's just wrong thinking he is the water. What was the grass is always greener till you get there? <laughs> the yes. Jesse Rogers one, were you yes. born with 12 fingers? No, the, oh. I, I think his, his line was, was the, the grass is always greener yeah. that, till you get that's there. That's a thing that happened, Layla. Wait, all you, you just said that, and I mouthed silently to Lawrence and, and so Alfonseca. Alfonseca. But that yeah. happened. That happened. Yeah, were you born that way? Nope. When got him attached. <laughs> When I was 18. It just grew later in life. Also, Jesse's very telling, if that's really what he said. How long have you been a black quarterback? What? Well. (laughs) What was the question to Jim Plunkett at the Super Bowl? Is it it dead mother and blind father or dead father and blind mother? (laughs) Some of our colleagues, man. Wait, Uh ask that in Murph voice real quick. No, I don't have to do what you say. It's my show. All right, let's say we've saved some time Little and we've, we haven't talked about the Bulls in a little while. Yeah. <laughs> but guess what we're going to do next? What? We're going to talk about spacing. The final frontier. Careful, Smokey. No, that's not. Well, he might be talking about that type of spacing. It seems like he's uh he's got a whole menu of things. It, that's what the, it's not me. I didn't come. I would not have endured. I'd be like, um, Uncle Smokey, listen, are we sure this is? And apparently, according to the, I kept reading, unfortunately, apparently Smokey's out here taking his shirt off on stage still. Saucy. What is he, Tom Jones? Is, is Tom Jones still doing that? Tom Jones might be. Is he dead? No, I think he's alive. No, wait. Did we kill him? Wait, Tom Jones R. wouldn't R. take his shirt. Just the, no, the women in the no, audience would, would take off their clothes and throw them at him, right? Yes, Tom Jones, right. they would throw the stuff at him. Okay. R.I.P. Tom Jones. Are you sure? Wait. I don't think yeah. so. <laughs> I don't think so. No, I was doing the... Oh, oh. Wait. Come on! But, but, no, but, both, those, but both those people actually died. No, he's alive. He's 82. Like smoke. Is he judging a version of the voice yes, somewhere? He is. Tom Jones. That's where I thought I saw him. Yes. Yeah, because didn't he and Jennifer Hudson just riff It's a Man's World and it was amazing? Yes, they did. Wait. Back up to this on the score. I go to change the picture. Poof, gone. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. 
Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Bullshit. Hey! Boy, boy, is it taking me. Our, our break conversation was very, very interesting. I mean... I don't know if I should... Hit the 3-1 fastball out of the ballpark and walk out of the stadium. I think you're already Or if I should just look at it knowing that the pitcher's going to throw something that's going to get me on base. Yeah, I say you spit on it. and I'm not. If if you're asking, what what do you want the rest of your day to be like? If if you're asking, you're winning the game like 10-0, so. Yeah, but sometimes you just want to be the... uh, Toss the, they're, the they're, match uh, behind you. Your mean regime. While you watch, walk Angela away Bassett. from the gasoline, yeah. Yeah, and then I, watch it all go up in flames. But I do think there's going to be there's going to be plenty of more opportunities for you to bat flip. So we're up to nothing. It's good. We're gonna get this wind. Move on to the next city. I just saw so many easily hittable fastballs. The next time, you know, home runs hit, flip that bat like you know. Like Tim Anderson used to do when he would hit home runs. And for the record, oh we're not, yeah, back then yeah. we're not talking about anybody who actually set foot in these offices on a regular basis. No, for the record, if they're allowed in any offices, actually. <laughs> you know, if they were, maybe they wouldn't take to Twitter all the time. So we're doing this. Nope, no, that's it. No, no, we're not. No, we're doing bulls in space. In space! And there were too many bulls in the same space on a pretty important play at the end of the game. And why? Uh, Billy, someone's asking you. Billy, on that inbounds play, it just looked like the spacing was kind of junked up right from the jump. Is that what you saw? Yeah, we didn't, we didn't execute the play very well. You know, we needed to be better there. I think it's something we can, we can learn from. You know, it's something we've worked on that. But, you know, I think... With them defensively being small, they're going to switch everything, you know, so you got to kind of manipulate, you know, in terms of who you're screening in those situations. And, you know, we just we just got to be better in that situation. Zach and DeMar, like, ended up in the same spot almost, and it was kind of confusing who Cruz, who was even throwing it to. How'd they kind of end up in the same spot? We didn't execute the play. Did someone break it off? No. Didn't execute the play. No one broke it off. We didn't. We got we to execute the play better. Was the... Who was the pass to? We're trying to there was some confusion on figuring out who the, who Caruso was trying to throw it to. Well, there was basically two options, on actually three options on the play, but the way we initially lined up with the way we were cutting on the play, we didn't execute the cuts like we needed to. You know, we just needed to be better from where we were. So the spacing became really, really poor on the play. And I think, I believe, I don't know, you can ask Alice, I believe he was basically trying to go to Zach with the ball, is what I thought. But obviously, the spacing with he and DeMar was not great. After the game, Zach Levine talked about how the play was supposed to go one way, and then he ended up changing that and because of the switching. And... I understand that I, I definitely want players that are smart enough to identify when things are changing from what the whiteboard looked like and then react to it. However, it does seem like Zach does this a lot. I mean, we talked about it, but, you know, we, we went with the play. and Still got to try to get open somehow, some way. That's why I try to, I just try to break my cutoff and 
because I think Batum switched out off the inbounders. They read a lot or switch a lot, so you know we could have we could have did something that was a little different, or you know just you know tried to obviously just get the ball in. But Alex made the right play. Okay, first of all, when he said they switch a lot, that's what good defensive teams do. Run the play. You're they, not supposed to do what he did. Every elite team in the NBA. Every above-average team in the NBA switches a lot defensively. That's what you're supposed to be doing. That's what happens when you have two-way players. Run the play. Also, Just run the play. Plays are designed it, to have multiple options. You, if, if your play is ruined by a defense's decision to switch... It's not a good play. The, well, but the play is a good play if run properly. If you look at where people were supposed to go, it made sense. Run the play. And everybody, that's, why, that's why Billy's all short when Cody's asking him about it and then he went back like in the press conference and apologized for being short. Because he was lying. But, but, he was like, nobody nobody broke off. Yes, they 100% yeah, obviously did. They, we, you, you didn't draw know, that up. We all know where DeMar is going to be on the court. Right. We all know. The we one guy, all know. The one guy didn't like the play. All right, So that, he changed the play. Alright, here it is. Guys, guys, listen up. Staggered Double down screen. Vooch, you're here. Now you're here now. You're what's gonna happen? Zach, listen to me. You're gonna come ripping around this screen when Alex slaps the ball. And then you and Damar stand at exactly the same place. Hey. Terrible. Bulls on three. <laughs> uh, what, did you really think that's what they drew up? Come on. Well, think How, about and- what happened a couple games ago yes. where Alex Caruso's screaming underneath the basket. And Zach's off the inbound. Like, how many inbound plays are we going to freelance here, guys? Yes, because he didn't run the play. He's looking everywhere except where he was supposed to be looking. And Billy told you after the game, we were looking for a backdoor cut from Alex Caruso. And it was there. There it was. But Zach didn't see it because his eyes were looking someplace else. Run the play. It's, it's and then, how about this? How about this? How about in late game situations? Stop turning the ball over and make your free throws. Screen right here, Vooch and Demar. The key right here is one of your best three point shooters is there. So you're going to bring him up off this double screen and then break him to the three point line. Go ahead and roll it. Now what happens is the screen's going to come. Go ahead and roll it. All right, now freeze it. Now, Vooch sets the last screen, but he should dive, okay? And then DeMar should step back to give Zach this room right here to get to the three-point line. But watch what happens. Go ahead and roll it. Both Zach and DeMar roll to the ball, and then there's a pass to DeMar to get him the ball, but it really should have went to Zach. Go ahead and roll it. And it becomes another turnover, as you see Kawhi Leonard right there once again getting the ball. So that play was kind of doomed from the start. So after hearing that... After we all discussed what you know, Billy was talking about and how Zach explained it, I think Stacy was seeing it as though the ball was supposed to go to Zach. Yeah, but the play was designed to create an open opportunity for DeRozan. In right? which, yeah. in which case, it the was. way I read the play, if the if they switch it, regardless if Zach goes there, he's just bringing an extra defender, so he should vacate, and and then you've got a weak side chance there. You could even you could even back screen yep. for him again on the other side of the play and get him to a corner three. But it it's part of the bigger problem mm-hmm. of I want the ball. Also, So I'm going to go towards the ball. 
Well, you're not supposed to be. It doesn't matter. You might I be more, but you might be more likely to get the ball if you move away from it. That's if you look at the game and you have a high basketball IQ. Again, dude is a very talented offensive player. He's not a hooper. Situational basketball is the difference maker between. Hooper. How many, but how many of the goods and the greats in the NBA, seriously? Like, that's something college college coaches harp on constantly. I assume Billy is the same way because he's coached at both levels. Well. But how about this? Since we're all going to Zapruder film this, 85-82, I texted the group thread, the first possession at 85-82, not the second one, and I heard screaming, and you were at the United Center. There was a turnover, and then it went the other way. Wasn't that Alex Caruso yelling at Zach? Yep. That's what I thought, but I wasn't sure because I was watching the TV audio. Bad. Bad, 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 like, bad, bad. Pay attention to how many times Caruso's yelling and why he's yelling. Yeah. I wish they would listen to people that are on top of this more than, I don't know. It's just so frustrating because we all do need to try that, though. We should all, like, as a group. The next time that Rick Camp hits us up and is like, hey, betting this, betting money line on the opposing team, we should all just do it. I can't believe we all separately texted him at virtually the same time. Hey, Rick's trying to give us good advice, but and I, we should have taken it last night. I texted him about something else, and then, and then... <laughs> He's like, hey, by the way. Plus 490. So then when Dan brought it up, I was like, oh, I know exactly where this is going. That would have been really nice. It's a nice payday. While we were all texting each other about the game. It's a really, really good thing. Hey, um, <sighs> did you guys have anything for 135? Because I have a suggestion. Oh, Layla's got it. Um, I had another addition. to Even though it's 140. Do you want a triple high noon? Yeah. Sure. Anything that will work for high noon will work in our final segment. What has three letters and is weird? Socks, S O X. Yes, but not that. Next, bursting at homes, middays ten to two, on Sports Radio six seventy The Score and six seventy The Score dot com in Odyssey Station. Oh, I did it! I get, it took me a minute. He had to apologize for this, right? I think so. I think Justin Timberlake had to apologize for this. You mean, During, to, you mean to tell me that a famous guy established in the business of entertainment used somebody else for clout? Well, I mean, it's not like it isn't done. You know, there, there's a very popular singer who's uh, switched over from country to pop that like whole albums are her taking out bad relationships on people like he did with Britney. He needs to apologize for a lot of stuff. I think Smokey should do that in his next album. Oh, it just starts settling scores. <laughs> I mean, isn't that the that's album? Orange that's Juice what we Jones, want, right? Orange Juice Jones, he he lets you know. Smokey even things that couldn't even pronounce. Yeah, Smokey should use the album to tell some stories next time. If this Diana Ross thing is true, yeah, wasn't she? Diana Ross has been linked to some other names too. Yeah, like Michael Jackson. Wasn't Gene Simmons in there yep, somewhere? Gene Simmons. Mm-hmm. Hey, man. Right. Go live your life. Go live your life. Do we have time for this? Gene Simmons diss track. Uh, It's like like Brad Pitt and his Mike Tyson story. You don't know the Brad Pitt, Mike Tyson story? Neither one of us do. No. Well, Brad Pitt was dating Robin Givens. And 
there was an incident. So who was in the wrong? Who who transgressed? Who's, who's usually in the wrong in a Mike Tyson story? Mike. There it is. Well, what's Brad going to do about it? Nothing. That's the, that's, yeah. sorry. <laughs> My bad. You got to look that up. Oh, yeah. Hi. There's there's, there's a reason that you keep seeing, like, black women in award shows be looking at Brad like, hi, Brad. Just saying. Sorry, Layla. You were now saying. Are we still time? Yes. Yeah, we got time. Uh. I'll just tell you how I labeled this and sent it to Rankin and Ray. Eel! Jace Tunnel here. Look what we got today that washed up. It's an American eel. And if you've never seen one of these, <laughs> oh my gosh, this right here is like larger than what you would normally see. This is like uh, basically as big as they get. This thing is massive. It's gotta be like four foot long. And the interesting thing about these is that usually you find them a lot smaller. Like people use them for fishing bait and stuff like that. So, you know, obviously this one's too big for that, but most of them you find are, you know, small. Now these have almost been wiped out. These really live up in like rivers and things like that. They can be in the estuaries. Whenever all the dams and stuff started coming in, the life cycle of these fish of going up the rivers, coming down the rivers, and going way out into the ocean to be able to have their uh, eggs, which uh, a big female, this is likely a female, they're larger than the males. The big females can have like up to four million eggs. I mean, it, these are uh, a very interesting animal. You can find these all the way up into uh, the Chesapeake um, here in the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, they're opportunistic feeders. So they feed on, uh, you know, things that they'd find out there, fish, crabs, stuff like that. They're not real particular. But a lot of people get these mixed up with, like, a moray eel. Now, the difference Ooh. with a, a moray eel you? is you see this dorsal fin? Dorsal um, fins, like, you know, the fins that fish have on top of their bodies. But the dorsal fin would actually start way up here by the head. And then, uh, you know, you can look at their pectoral fins as well. A lot of people think they're snakes. Um, no, they're a fish. <laughs> is it Parkins? Uh, just a real interesting fish. It's a spider. I just think eels are cool. Eels we got awesome. eels and fish! No, eels are awesome. We got eels and eels! Yeah. Eel, like, it's a funny word to look at. It was a four-foot eel. Yeah, it's an Four foot! That's it's an crazy American town. Eel. Yeah, they're, they're they, coming to your town. They eat absolutely anything. I've heard stories about shad fishermen. In and very, Chad Feldman, <laughs> Chad Feldman. <laughs> no, the Chad the, where they'll catch like a like a big. He knows about Wawa. a big a big he roe does. shad, and which is what you want. You want the female shad because they've got these incredible you know, the the roe sacks in there. And a guy, you pick up. You, you're careful if you're keeping them on a stringer in the water, and you pick them up, and there'll be an eel sticking out of the mouth of the shad that you caught, eating the roe out of it. Because they'll just say, oh, that, that, that's for me. So there are special, like, eel guards you have to have if you're a shad fisherman. So the more you know. I just think they're cool looking. The word is neat. And they the, do a lot of damage. It's the shad. If you, actually, you can mistake some eels for snakes. You can. If you actually. It's not the big old read, read Texas about, eel. Read about the truth of the actual first Thanksgiving. Oh, they, they weren't Please. eating turkey. Please don't. They were no, they 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 were the, the a huge part of of the diet and a huge part of that first Thanksgiving was American eel. We're late. Parkinson Spiegel are in the building. Whoop.
The Iron Man streak continues. Next.